used to, it used to be a lot of like you know let me show you how to make a let me show you how I turn this hundred dollar account into a million dollars in just two weeks that's it used to be a lot everyone used to be a lot of that hey guys want to know how I got this Ferrari and how you can do the same by trading one hour a day a lot of that stuff uh Karu says in my third year first two pretty much blew away on get rich uh Anna says not totally shocked if I never traded before uh, I knew it would take time to learn and it has and it's taken almost 18 months reality check I thought maybe like six to eight but realized it takes much longer everyone's different and yeah and, and when I when I say I guess when, when we say 12 to 18 months um I think it's to really kind of find yourself. Like I, I, I don't expect people to take twelve to eighteen months before they start trading live. Like I think, you know, depending on, again, depending on your your the time you have to learn, depending on your learning ability, depending on how quickly you find something you like and, and can get through the back testing process. Um, I think you can start trading live much quicker. But remember, there's that there's that there, there's the part of training where you learn there's the part of training where you're doing like strategy development based on what you learn then there's that demo trading phase right so all of this takes time even if you do like three months of each if you take three months to learn three months to do strategy development and back testing three months to demo trade you're now looking at nine months so you're kind of like halfway through then right when you're ready to trade live there's that funny time where you realize that live money is a little bit different than demo money and you start feeling like different feelings and you start doing different things. You don't understand why. You're like, why do, I, why do I all suddenly want to move stops back? Why do I want to take targets early? You have all those funny psychological errors that are new um, because the markets now have a different emotional pull, right? Have you guys ever experienced that? It's a different game, man. It, it's, it's, and you can talk all the trash you want about, oh, that's never going to be me. I'm fully disciplined. But when you put that first trade on there and it's real money, you know, it's, ooh, ooh, it's different. It's, it's different. It's kind of like, again, I'm a sports guy. So it's like the first time going from like, <clears throat> excuse me, practice to like actually being on the field in like a big game. It's, it's a little, you look at, there's fans out there. Like it's really happening. It, it's, you know, everything starts to get a little bit faster. It's, um. It's a different feeling. So it takes a little bit of time to work through that as well. So you got to work through that kind of weird newbie type of, you know, age. Um, and then eventually you work through it. You know, if you, hopefully you work through it. And then you get to that point where it's kind of like everything settles down. Where it's like, oh, this is normal now. Um, so that's why we say that that 12 to 18 months, right? You can probably start trading in a year. You can probably start trading a little bit less than a year. Again, most people. Um, but then there's still kind of that maybe that, that three to six month period. Because, you know, again, it, it takes 90 days to uninstall and install new habits. Um, 45 to 90. There's that period where things kind of, you, you got to create your own new normal. Um, so it's it's I, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, I was thinking the same thing the other day, Cody. I think I was doing a podcast or something and I was I was... I was thinking about, because I, I did about two years of dumb stuff. I was thinking about me, I, I kept rushing into trading live um, and blowing. I, I never, I, I, did, I wasn't blowing like big accounts, but I was blowing like, I was blowing good amounts here and there. And I, and I thought back, I'm like, man, like what if I just would have like dedicated myself to like a year of training without trading live 
and continued to, if I would have kept the money that I had uh, in my account and then continued the work and maybe earn some more money. I'm like, imagine what I could have started my live account with if I didn't consistently blow like $3,000 here and, and $2,000 there and all that fun stuff like every three months. Um, but that's, you know, past is the past. No regrets. No regrets. I'd be a millionaire in, in six years or whatever my six months, whatever whatever my original goal was. If you make, you know, just take take 20 pips out the market a day. Every day. Um, Cody says, I still see, oh, they, they, so they still are popping. Okay, so maybe the scammers aren't gone. I, I think, okay, so here's the difference, right? I think I also just don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. Where I've gotten so good at my tunnel vision of ignoring everything that I just don't pay attention to it. That's so. That's probably it. I guess they still are there. You're right, and we and we, and we know the scammers are still there, unfortunately, um, but not as much. They used to be like everywhere. It used to be like a minefield of them, everywhere you step. Um, yeah, and you see Nicholas. Nicholas said you see the same thing now instead of forex is Bitcoin. Yeah, that's what I noticed. I, I noticed after forex kind of got boring, um, binary options came on, and that was the thing for a little bit. You guys remember binary options? That became the new thing, and all the most of the scammers jumped over to binary, and then crypto came out, and they're like, "Ooh, a whole new flock of newbies to feast on." So we're kind of just old. We're we're old now. We're old news. Uh, Nicholas, I think a big part is something you guys really talk about is psychology that really makes it take so long. This that's the hardest part. Trading psych is the hardest part, and it remains the hardest part. We are, I mean, we are, we are, we are, we're fighting ourselves with trading psychology. It's, it's difficult. Um, first of all, shifting, shifting the thought process to process over outcome is extremely difficult, right? Because every single thing we do in life is based on outcome. We've been kind of trained for that, right? How do you know if you're a good student in school when you get a good grade, right? What's a grade, an outcome, right? How do you get a how do you get a promotion in your job, right? When you're productive, what is your production and outcome, right? Everything is outcome. So we're we're kind of ingrained from very little to value the outcome, right? If I get a bad grade on a on a test, I am a bad student. Right? I'm dumb. Is that right? Like if I get an F on my test, I'm dumb. Now I may not be dumb. I may not be a good test taker. I may there may be something else. Um, but that's how we're brought up. You get an F, you're stupid, right? You get a bad result, you're a failure. You do a bad play, you're a bad player, right? So everything else has trained us, everything in life has trained us to think that way. So it's hard to shift that mindset in trading and be like, hey, I lost, I got a bad result, but I'm. it's a good trade? Like, no, that's like your coach going into the game. And some coaches do this, but that's like your coach going to you after the game, be like, hey guys, we lost by 90 points. Good job. Yeah. Right? It's like, uh, what? <laughs> huh? 90 points? Um, but it, it's, it, it is, it is, it's different. It's different. Um, and you can, you can have it that way in sports. You can lose and have a good game if, if you're just overmatched. Um, but we're, we're, we're ingrained to think that way. So it's hard to shift that thought process. It's also very hard to, it's, it's, it's very hard for, for us to 
avo- not avoid moving from pain. This goes hand in hand with the, the uh, shifting the thought process, right? If you didn't know, right, there, there are two things that motivate us as humans, right? You guys know what those two things are? Every single human being, we, we, everything we do, every action we take is driven off of, of, of doing one or two things. You guys know what they are? One is moving us towards something. One is moving us away from something. Tony says beer and money. <laughs> Tony is motivated towards money and then pushes that money towards beer. Right? Pain and pleasure, right? Pain and pleasure. Everything everything we do in life, if you think about all of your actions, it, it is for one of two reasons. It is either to move us away from pain. It is either to move us closer to pleasure, right? When you have to go to work and you have to wake up early and you hit that snooze button, when you have, that, you have your alarm clock goes off an hour before you want it to, you hit that snooze button. Why do you hit that snooze button, right? Because the pleasure of sleeping a little bit more is what you're moving towards. However, after you hit that smooth snooze button for the fifth time and it's at that point where you really have to wake up or you're gonna get in trouble, right? Now pain is motivating you, right? You still want to sleep, but pain is motivating you. Why? Because if you don't get up, you probably won't go to work. If you don't go to work, you'll get fired and you don't want that life, right? So you're motivated by that pain. Um, So those are the two things that motivate us. And if you guys had to, what do you think is the stronger motivator? Of the two, pain versus pleasure. Pain, yeah. Pain is the stronger motivator. This this goes back to caveman days, right? Survival, right? The number one job as a caveman, we've kind of gotten away from this as as human beings now because we're soft, Um, but survival, right? Imagine a caveman out there doing caveman things, hunting for food, and then they see a nice little thing that they're hunting, um, but they also see a tiger. Well, they have a choice, right? What's better, the, the, the pleasure of getting a meal for the night or the pain of getting eaten alive for the tiger, right? We, we're, we're set up to sense fear and, and value fear and, and pain, fear, pain, um, over everything else because it, it's a survival mechanism, right? Avoid pain, avoid death. You, you know, pain used to be kind of hand in hand with death back in those caveman days, right? You get caught by a tiger, you die, right? Survival, survival, survival. It's kind of shifted over the time, obviously, since we don't have those same type of threats, but threat awareness, threat awareness. So when we go into the market, it's the same thing, right? When we're in a trade with live money and we see price action going against us and that, that little P&L statement is, or little P&L ticker is getting redder and redder and redder, that number is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, what are we experiencing? We're experiencing more pain, right? You're losing more money. That's more pain. So how do we avoid that painful situation? There's there's two actions, right? One, we stop the trade out early and just eat the pain before it gets worse. And now you're closing out a trade before it hits your stop loss, which is a mistake, right? Or two, we start inching that stop loss further and further back, thinking that, well, it's not going to technically be painful until I I don't technically lose that money until my stop loss is hit. So if I just keep moving my stop loss and it's never hit, I'll never lose the money and I'll never experience pain, right? The hopium, we just hope it will reverse. You guys ever been there? 
And that's another crucial mistake because we know it always happens. Does it ever work? Moving your stop loss ever work consistently? No, just you just lose more money, right? But those are emotional reactions that we're doing trying to avoid pain. Same thing with uh, early target taking, for example. That's another one, right? You're up a little bit of money. Price is not necessarily at your target yet, right? You're up 50 pips or whatever like that. And you look back and all of a sudden you're up 30 pips. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're going to start losing the money that you already made, even though you didn't make any of it yet. So you close that trade out early to avoid that pain of losing money. Or you close that trade out early to gain that pleasure of making money. Right? So these are all natural mistakes that we're making. They go with our natural kind of thought process. We have to do the opposite. <laughs> we have to do the opposite. And, and, and until you shift your, your mindset to pain being a bad trade, like you make a mistake, a bad trade, that is the most painful thing you can do. And pleasure being a good trade, meaning you followed your rules, right? And all this is regardless of outcome. It's going to be very, very hard to stay consistent. So that's why we have to shift that mindset to what really gives us pleasure and what really gives us pain. And for me, what helped with that is just thinking about my, really thinking about my trading like a business, right? Looking, and I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, I, I was in the real estate business before I was in trading, or I guess around the same time I was in trading, right? So I understand how numbers work. I understand, you know, vacancies. I understand repairs, right? You know, I took a lot of losses in the real estate business. And at first I would get mad, right? I, I would get, you know, we had to we had to evict the tenant. Any any real estate people here? I know Greystone's not a fan of real estate. I love it. I had a discussion with uh, Kevin the other day about it. Any real estate people here? All right. So the eviction process sucks, okay? It really, really, really sucks. You lose money, you lose time, you lose patience. Um, it, it just sucks on every aspect. There's no fun part of it. Right. But it's a necessary process. Right. Sometimes you have to cut your losses. Right. You can give as many warnings as you as you want. If someone's not paying, sometimes you got to cut your losses and then you got to go through the right process to cut your losses in that process. Guess what is costing you? It's costing you money because you're not getting paid. You maybe have to stop going to your normal job to show up in court or you pay someone to be a representative for you, serving paperwork, all that fun stuff. Right. After you evict someone, guess what you have to do. Right. People that get evicted typically aren't good tenants, right? Good tenants typically don't take care of the property, especially when they know they're being evicted. So now you've got to go back in there. And guess what you got to do when you go back in there? You've got to clean everything out. And then you've got to prep it. You got to do repairs and you got to have it ready for the next potential tenant. Then you got to spend time getting the next potential tenant, vetting the next potential tenant, right? All this stuff takes time and effort and it costs you money and it sucks. This is why you hire someone to do it for you, by the way. Um, but at first, you know, when I first started, we didn't have that flexibility. I wanted to do everything by myself because I'm a control freak. Um, but it, the, the process, the process sucks. And I used to beat myself up. It used to be, oh, it's not fair. Like, how, what do you mean I got to wait three months before, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually you just realize as it gets more normal, like this is part of the business. Like part of the business is vacancies, right? And and I know with, with me personally, my, my real estate kind of motto, it wasn't, you know, I don't want to be a, a, a slumlord or everything like that. Why I started my real estate business and eventually when I, when I, when I partnered up, one of the reasons we started our business was to help give 
first-time homeowners a chance, give them opportunity to to develop credit, get used to basically home ownership on like lease-to-purchase agreements, and get them set up and educated where they can go on and and basically either you know either if they want to buy the home that we're in, that's fine. If not, buy another home, right? So the, the goal wasn't to keep people in there forever. So this was all part of the process, and then when you realize that these are just expenses, guys, right? Can you can you own a, a real estate business and not expect something to break? Can you own a house in general and not expect something to break? No. Right? These are not like you can't get mad over. These are normal expenses. You're going to take losses. Water heaters are going to explode at some point. <laughs> Roofs are going to need to be fixed at some point. Carpets are going to need to be cleaned at some point, right? These are normal expenses. And what you do is you plan out for them. And when you run your business correctly, again, Obviously, your, your the profit made should be more than your expenses. But it's still part of the program. And, and I started looking at trading in that light as well, where it's like, hey, these losses, these are just expenses, right? Would I have to pay for a charting package? That's just an expense. Would I have to pay for education? That's just an expense. This loss here, just an expense. And, and it's all, it's, it's not a negative. We actually had a dead body. Um, yeah, uh, it's not a negative. It's just part of the game. And you, and you take that into account when you're developing your, your business model. And once I started looking at, it, at that light, it made me so much more comfortable in taking these losses because I knew that it was normal. Doesn't mean you gotta like it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to like your drawdown, but it's normal and, and it's, it's part of business. And you, you can look at any any business like that, there, there are no businesses out there that don't take losses. There are no businesses that don't have expenses, trust me. And when I started looking into other businesses and just learning more about businesses in, in, in the first place and, and how they work, um, I just started making more or seeing more similarities with how trading is actually a, a business instead of a gamble or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that made me a lot more comfortable. So... Maybe try that out. That's the first time I really told that story, making that comparison. Um, give it a try. If you're someone that's business savvy, um, just try to understand how other businesses work. Maybe the business that you own, the businesses that you're in, and, and try to make that make those um, you know comparables to to trading. And you know, I think it'll help you see it in, in another light. Because I, I guarantee that anyone that owns a business or is part of a business, you don't complain about the necessary expenses. Right. You don't complain. Oh, I got to pay this electric bill to have the the, uh, the office lights on. Like, yeah, you do. No one complains about that. But that's that's a necessary expense. That's a loss you're taking. But it's just part of the, you understand that as part of the business. But we don't understand trading losses as part of the businesses. Um, so give it a try. It may help. That's what helped me. Look at that. You guys got a first time story. Boom. Um, yeah, there was a yeah, there was a, there was a dead body. Um, so. I got stories, man. Dead body, uh, wall full of cocaine. That was an interesting one. Um, that's what I learned. You, you better be wearing mask when you're cleaning these these homes. Um, yeah, I got a yeah, real. My mentor, may he rest in peace, always told me one thing. He said, "Real estate is agony," and that those are those are the realest words I've ever heard in my life because I do not like it. I do not like it. Um, I am not a fan. I'm a massive fan of what it brings. I am not a fan of the day-to-day. -day. Um, I, I don't have a passion for it. 
it annoys me. Um, so luckily, I'm at, we're at the point where we can we we pay people to handle those problems for us. Um, and that's why those people that's why there are businesses out there that do that. So um, what happens now is I get an email or a call from my uh, usually I, I don't I get to me. Usually my my business partner gets an email. And then he gives me a call like the other day. He's like, hey, um, they say this may need work. Um, should we fix all of this at the same time or blah, blah, blah. And then we talk about it and then we say yes or no. And then they do it for us. And that's it. So those are the problems that we face now. Um, but we were stubborn in the beginning. Um, we wanted to do everything ourselves. We, we wanted, uh, I think it was more, it wasn't even a, we weren't even being cheap. I think it was just kind of a, you know, I think all most entrepreneurs have that kind of, most entrepreneurs start off as being self-employed. And when you're self-employed, you're very selfish um, because you're starting your business. Um, you don't trust anyone to run your business the way that you can. And you take a lot of pride in running your business, right? It, there's an ego involved. Like, this is mine. Like This is prideful, as you, as you should. It's very difficult to, to give up control. It's very difficult to give up control from an, from an ego perspective. Um, so we, we were called in that for a while and then we just got tired. <laughs> we just had a meeting. We're like, why are we doing this? And like, why are we doing this? And then we decided to pay something. We're like, man, why? I wish you would have done this like five years ago. Um, so that was after the dead body. So, you know, <laughs> and the cocaine. Oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> fun, fun stories. Oh, man. I can see that when I watch. Yeah, The Prophet taught me a lot. Uh, that taught me a lot about business. That's a great show if you guys ever want to get more business savvy. Um, watch The Prophet. It's a very simplified version of, of kind of what matters um, and process. Important.